Welcome back to Safe Talk with SafeGuard. I'm Danny Smith, and today we want to kick off a new series that we're calling the Consultant Spotlight. It's an opportunity for you to get to know our consulting team better. We provided each member of our team with the same five questions designed to do just that. And stepping into the spotlight first is Mike McLaughlin. So, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Danny, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So before we get to the five questions, uh, a little bit about Mike's background in safety. Uh, first of all, Mike is obviously a Safe Start certified consultant. Uh, in addition, he is an authorized general industry trainer, able to teach the OSHA 10 and 30 hour courses. Uh, he's also done some work and is lean uh, process management trained. Uh, and he's implemented Safe Start in a lot of different industries. Uh, in fact, we were chatting about some of the industries that we've both worked in uh, just as we were getting ready to record the podcast. And it's, it's really, really cool just some of the things we get to see. And Mike's had the opportunity to work throughout the U.S. and Canada. And that just begins to scratch the surface of his safety credentials. Uh, but that's not why he's here today. He's here to give us some insight on Safe Start and just his personal take on it. So, Mike, ready to roll? Yes, sir. Let's get it going. All right. I have no doubt you're going to set the bar high for everybody. So first of all, uh, tell us a bit about what you did before Safe Start. Before I got involved with Safe Start, I was actually the jack of all trades and the master of none, if you will. So I had a lot of different jobs, a lot of different industries, did a lot of different things. And uh, while I was doing all those jobs, uh, it gave me an opportunity to actually sit through a lot of different safety training, right? So, and a lot of the processes we went through, a lot of the classes, uh, a lot of the different trainings that I had when I was younger, and really wasn't something that stuck to me. So even though I was a jack of all trades doing a lot of different things, safety was not something that was a priority per se. Uh, it was more of one of those things that I just needed to do so I can get back to my job. Sure. You know, and, uh, and then eventually, believe it or not, I became a first grade teacher of all things. Wow. You know, I've always found that transition that you made uh, from teaching children to teaching adults to be, well, just fascinating. Uh, so what were some of the differences that you noticed and, and, and maybe some of the challenges that you encountered just, just changing from kids to adults, I guess we should say? Yeah, I think the, the big thing with adults is adults are a bit more challenging because we're a little bit more set in our ways, if you will, right? So you got a lot of that, and you've heard this before. Uh, a lot of those have been doing it this way for this many years. I've never had a problem. Why do I need to change, right? When you, you got the kids and they're that young, they're more thirsty for knowledge and they're more eager to please. So what they want to learn, and when I was teaching, it was a great thing to see that light bulb go off. Oh, and true. see these kids really grasp onto the simplest little things like learning their letter sounds and learning how to read their first words and learning how to add small numbers and just the light bulb go off, but also to see that satisfaction that, hey, you know what? I was actually able to accomplish this. Sure. So and that was an enjoyable piece to me. Um, and then I also transitioned a little bit out of that into high school and college baseball coaching, too. Oh, cool. So I got to work with like the middle of the road kids, a lot of the teenagers and everything, which, you know, that's an interesting thing in itself, working with a lot of teenagers. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> but it, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but it was, it was enjoyable from the perspective of. Uh, these kids are still eager to learn. They feel like they know everything in a lot of aspects of their life, but in a lot of ways, they're willing to learn and they want to get better at what they're doing and really learn their craft. 
And I think a lot of times if we can get those good adult learners within the, you know, the industrial manufacturing environments, if we can get them to learn their craft or learn the Safe Start craft, it makes them that much more efficient and hopefully, you know, less injuries, more production, better quality in the long sure. run. Right. But I think the biggest, most important job I've ever had, Danny, believe it or not, is I am a husband and a dad to twin girls. Wow. I've always felt like that folks who have twins just deserve uh, some special recognition and probably a medal. Uh, I just can't imagine the energy that, that would be needed for twins. Uh, heck, our kids are spread out four or five years between them, and I was always exhausted even with that. So I can't imagine two twins. Uh, well, I guess two twins is kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? But yeah. I can't imagine twins. Anyway, uh, let's get back to why you're here today. I know how you first connected with Safe Start, but I, I really think our listeners would find your connection uh, interesting because you, you really came to our team in a very unconventional way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always like to say Safe Start found me. I didn't find it. And uh, what happened was, I'm going to backtrack a little bit before I even got involved with Safe Start. Okay. I was actually teaching elementary school, first grade. And uh, while I was teaching there, the one thing I noticed is that every time the kids left the classroom, whether it was to go to music class, the cafeteria, PE, whatever it is, every time they left the room, I had one or more kids come back with some sort of cup, bump, bruise, scrape in their body. Mm. And it started driving me nuts. I started thinking to myself, my God, these kids are just so unsafe. So since I was their teacher, I decided it was my duty to teach them about safety. And I did it exactly the way I knew how. Maybe you've heard some of these, Danny. Don't do that. <laughs> Pay attention. Stop running. Right. So and I I've started... heard these in, in industrial safety and with my kids. <laughs> as I think, and as I was growing up. Right. Yeah, so. exactly. So I'm saying those things to those kids. But I'll tell you what, the patterns, they didn't stop. They kept happening with the cuts, bumps, bruises and scrapes. So I started getting frustrated. I started saying, like, how come these kids can't get it? Trying to teach them how to be safe, and they're just not listening to me. Well, you know, reflecting back years later now, what I realized is I wasn't talking to them about safety. What I was doing was repeating everything that my parents said to me. Yeah. And they didn't work for me, but I wanted different results for those kids. <clears throat> but the one thing that really changed my life at this school, there was a little boy there. I knew him since he was really little because his mom was a kindergarten teacher, and his aunt was the principal of our school. Now, he was the youngest of five kids, and at this point in time, he was six years old, but he wasn't in my class. But because I've known him since he was really little, the kid was just a ball full of energy, right? So before school, after school, he'd be on the playground, he'd be in the pods, he'd be running around, burning off some energy, having fun, playing with his friends. Well, one day I was walking to my classroom and uh, kids are out there and they're playing around and they all see me at a distance and they just scream over saying hello. And my name was Mr. Mike back then. So I hear these kids going, Mr. Mike, Mr. Mike. And I just pick my hand up, wave to him, uh, say hello. I go into my classroom and I start doing some of the things that I need to do to get prepared for the next day. I'd say maybe about a half hour, 45 minutes goes by. A call goes over the intercom while Stephen and his family are leaving for the day, right? So didn't really think too much about it. It's a normal call. Heard that all the time. Well, unfortunately, that little wave I had right there, that was the last time I saw that little boy alive. Hmm. You see that kid left that particular day. He was out riding a bicycle in the street, playing with some friends, and he turned out in front of a car that couldn't stop in time. That car hit him and the car killed him. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, it really tore me up inside because I started thinking to myself, man, I've known this kid since he was really little. I've seen him every single day. There must have been something I could have done or something I could have said to change the outcome of that event. Hmm. And uh, it's a very difficult thing to do is to try to stand in front of a room of 34 six-year-olds and explain to them why their friend is never coming back again. So it was a tough thing. And a few years after that happened, I mean, I still didn't know what to do. 
And then I got asked to be a background guy in some of the videos that they were shooting in the Phoenix area for Safe Start. And I went out and I agreed to do it. And as I was out there shooting it, they started talking about this Safe Start stuff, if you will. You know what I'm talking about, the states <laughs> and the errors, right? Sure. And how they account for 95% or more of the injuries we have in our lifetime. And right there, I was like, no chance. <laughs> no way. Not this stuff. You're kidding me. These states and these errors, no chance. And it was right around that time that Larry Wilson came up to me. He offered me an opportunity to go out to Seattle uh, to go to a workshop to learn about Safe Start and to see if maybe it would be something I would be interested in doing in the future. And uh, I was very apprehensive. I was looking to poke holes in it. I really was thinking to myself, how is this safety training program different from any other I've been through? Because they're all the same regurgitated stuff over and over again, right? Right. But selfishly, it was a trip to Seattle. (laughs) So I figured, why not? What's the worst case? I could be there for a couple of days and hang out in Seattle. So I opted to do it. And as I was out there and in that workshop, which I believe you were a part of as well, Right. You were there. So as I was out there in that workshop and y'all started talking about these states and these errors, I was listening in. I was eager. I thought it was interesting stuff. But then you brought up something I never heard before. You said we have these four critical error reduction techniques. And if you choose to use them, you can reduce the amount of injuries you have by 50 to 80%. And that was the first time I ever heard it worded that way. Mm-hmm. Because maybe like you, most of my safety training through my life was don't do this. Don't do that. You have to do this. You have to do that. Right. Now, all of a sudden, for the first time, the ball was placed in my court. And when I started looking at those critical error reduction techniques, the one thing I noticed about them was they're very common sense based, they're very practical, they're very easy to understand. Sure. So when I started looking at them, I started thinking, my God, how come I didn't know about this stuff sooner? But then one of the things I always thought about was how often does common sense really become common practice? Probably not as often as we would like, right? Right, for sure. So, yeah. So since it was so practical, easy to understand, common sense based, I bought in. So much so I decided to take it home and share it with my wife because the hope was that she could use some of those skills and concepts too. And then my my girls weren't born yet. So my wife was pregnant around that time. But even back then I was thinking to myself, you know what? Hopefully I could teach my little girls these skills and concepts so that maybe when they're six years old, they don't ride that bicycle out in the street, turn out front of the car, get hit and killed. How about as they get a little bit older and now they got a set of keys in their hands and are driving a three, four, 5,000 pound machine down a highway. Yeah. So hopefully some of these skills and concepts will keep them safe when they're out there on the road. Yeah. And then once they get away from dad's watchful eye, right? Inevitably sure. it's going to happen. Right. Hopefully some of those skills and concepts will keep them safe when they're out there taking on the world by themselves. Cause at that point in time, that's all they got. That's right. So it, it was great to me to see that this process offered an opportunity to actually do things in a very simple way, but hopefully get positive outcomes on the back end of things. And it's really one of these processes I talk about that these little things we talk about with Safe Start, these certs and these safety related habits can make a big difference with an outcome if we actually put a little bit of effort into working on it. So that's kind of the path on how I found my way into Safe Start. And uh, I'm very fortunate that I had the opportunity and that even though I was apprehensive, uh, I did dove, I did jump into the deep end of the pool, <laughs> and uh, here I am today. I'm able to talk to you about it. So Very good. And made the connection. Very good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a part of the uh, that's a part of the challenge, I think, is is making this real for folks so that we do see the connection between, okay, well, isn't it just common sense to well, no, it goes beyond that. And, and mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a part of our role as consultants, right? Yep. So what do you think is unique about the process? What, what is it that you just really love about Safe Start? 
Uh, the thing I love about it is it's very practical. It's very easy to understand. It's very common sense based as we just talked about. Uh, but spending a bit of time on the certs and the habits, it actually allows everybody to make, I, I, I always call it my phrase is, what we talk about with Safe Start are little things, but those little things can make big differences with outcomes in the future. So, I mean, I talk about that a lot because when we talk about the habits of looking before we move, right? Very basic thing. But then when I ask everybody, how often do we actually do it? Most people will say, oh, during the course of a day, I turn and move and look. And I don't look many times. Sure. Right. Every single one of those is an opportunity for you to come in contact with the energy or lose our balance, traction, or grip, therefore increasing the risk or potential of injury. You know, that one habit is really what kind of hooked me uh as a client or prospective client, I guess you could say, uh, but forget the client relationship for a minute. That one habit is what really hooked me personally and where I saw the value of that too. Because uh, mm -hmm. I realized how many times a day, like you said, that I, I just turn and bump into something. And, you know, sometimes it's no harm, no foul, if you will, but other times a lot of hazardous energy there. Things could be different. Obviously, it could be really, really serious. So, yeah, I, I can relate to that. For sure. Another one I talk about quite a bit, too, something we're very familiar with, is holding the handrail as you go up or down the stairs. Yeah. And what I ask everybody is, who in here has ever fallen up or down the stairs? And, you know, sometimes I get some hands up and everything. And I ask them, you know, why do you do it? And the three answers I always get, and they fall into one of these three categories every time, is I fell up or down the stairs. It became policy or procedure. Or I'm getting a little bit older and my balance isn't what it used to be. Sure. So, but when you think about that, it goes back to a lot of what I learned with safety and a lot of the safety we've been built up through our human existence is reactive because we wait for something to happen. And after it happens, we modify our behavior, we train, we guard, we lock out, we engineer, we re-engineer, but we wait for it to happen first. Yeah. So it goes back to that proactive approach. Whereas if we make more of a conscious effort to look before we move, it can make a big difference with an outcome. If we make a conscious effort to try to hold the handrail each and every time we go up or down the stairs, the next time we slip, trip, or fall, statistically speaking, it's probably going to happen at some point. Yeah. Maybe that can make a difference with the outcome as well. Absolutely. So, and, and, and it's cool to me that uh, one of the things that I say it's cool to me, but it's also, I think, one of the big challenges for us is making it personal with folks, you know, and, uh, I think that's a part of what you talked about, the traditional compliance training that we've all either done ourselves or we've sat through. Uh, to me, that is uh, what's often missing with that is we don't make that uh, as one of our several of our other colleagues make we uh, make the statement. We don't make that heart and mind connection. Right. And that's yeah. that's a part of it. We really have to make it where it's worthwhile to us. So yeah. and I think that's said, really big. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I think that's really big when we talk about our leadership teams that we work with. Sure. Because, I mean, we need to get our leadership teams bought into and really buy into and support the Safe Start process and realize the value associated with it. And if we can't get that per se, and this is where it could be a little bit of a challenge, because if we don't have that leadership connection to the material that we're covering, then it's less likely that our employee bases that we're working with the at-risk employees are going to be more likely to actually buy in and support it as well. So I love when we go on sites and we can actually get that connection from the leadership group to go, you know what, this process is valuable. Right. This is a great tool for us to use. And if we put it in place, we have an opportunity to reduce not only our injuries, but improve our quality and increase our production as well. So we're talking about injury reduction and you know, helping out with that bottom line. 
Sure. And a lot of times, even the employees, sometimes when I go on site, and I'm sure you've experienced this before, Danny, uh, you see somebody in the hallway and uh, all of a sudden they're like, oh, the safe start guy's here. Make sure you keep your eyes on task. Make sure you keep your mind on task. And you know, they're messing with us. But at the same time, to me, I'm like, yes, they understand it. it. They get it. That's right. So that's a big piece. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's um, even with the leadership, you know, yes, we need their support. Yes, we need them to back us uh, and, you know, and all of that, but and back the process and support the process. But it comes back again to making that connection and making it real, making it personal for them. Right. Uh, I know I've heard several folks, uh, several of our consultants talk about situations where a plant manager comes in on the second or third day of training and says, okay, I was a little skeptical about this, but yesterday on the way home, and then he proceeds to tell a story about using the, the concepts to prevent getting in an accident, and it's become real to them at that time, right? So that said, uh, transition to this, what what has been the most important part of your life personally that Safe Start has really helped you and has had an impact for you? Uh, from my perspective, personally, it just made me more aware of the risks that I never perceived as risks before. Hmm. You know, uh, I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes just like we're all going to make mistakes. However, I would like more positive outcomes with those mistakes. And I think that's important where the critical error reduction techniques and the safety related habits can come into place because by putting a little bit of effort into improving those habits and work on those critical error reduction techniques, we now have an opportunity to hopefully have more positive outcomes and less of the mistakes causing us pain. Uh, another thing it does is it gives me a great tool to talk to my family, especially my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great to me to have my kids actually teach me. Uh, so when I talk to them about holding the handrail and I talk to them about things that they should do, watching out for something that's hard, that's sharp, that's slippery, things of that nature. Now, all of a sudden, they're the ones coming up to me going, daddy, be careful. That's sharp. Daddy, be careful. That's hot. We'll go up or down the stairs or something. And sometimes I slip and I don't, I, I, mean, I don't mean slip and fall, but I slip and I'm not holding the handrail. I'm watching them and they'll look at me and go, daddy, you're not holding the handrail. And I'm like, you're right. I'm not. And then sometimes we're at a stoplight and I take my cell phone. I want to see what happened. Text message or email. Right. And they're like, daddy, you can't have your cell phone in the car. So it's great to see them actually teach me as much as I'm trying to teach them. Yeah, that's great. That is just great. Uh, finally, what you mentioned something a, a minute ago, just uh, the interaction that we have with folks while we're on site. Uh, and I'm like you, I love those interactions when you have the folks come up to you, oh, the safe start guy or safe start dude, or uh, we've, we've heard <laughs> hundreds of different iterations of that for sure. Uh, but I, I love those stories and those examples that people provide. What, what do you think is the most exciting thing that's happened to you while you've been on site with a client? I think every site, and you could probably relate to this, every site is its own entity. Sure. So each site I go to, there's different aspects of things that happen that I find exciting. And the big thing to me is when you really see a client and the whole entire organization really absorb the process and see the value of what SafeStar can do, not just at work, but on that 24 seven basis and actually taking it home and sharing it with the people that they care about. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a a really crucial thing too, because the more, as we just mentioned before, the more you take it home and share it with the people that you care about, the more likely you are to hopefully retain it and then bring it back into the workplace. So I think every single session that we have in some aspect is exciting 
because maybe I could say something to someone that might prevent them from being in that permanently disabling accident or take them out of this world at some point in time in the future. And they hear stories all the time from people, uh, you know, about how Safe Start made a difference with them and maybe prevented that accident on the way home because Mm -hmm. they were actually paying attention to that stop sign, that intersection that they've driven through multiple times before. You know, to hear them talking about how they were thinking about the line of fire as they were walking in the plant. To hear them thinking about, you know, I was going up the stairs the other day and I remember you talking about holding the handrail and I was holding the handrail because I didn't want to lose my balance, traction and grip and fall down the stairs. So it's great to see that connection that they grab onto it and they really absorb it. And, you know, another piece to that I love to hear, and this is just kind of, you know, more from the analytics or data portion of it, but I love going back to organizations a year or two later and just finding out where they're at. Sure. You know, seeing if they had an injury reduction, seeing if they had a cost savings, sure. you know, and, and we just had one not too long ago that was, I mean, amazing to me in one year, one calendar year, this one site reduced injuries by 68% and saved over $300,000 in their bottom line. Wow. Now, you know, Safe Start, not saying it was the only piece of the equation, but it was an important tool right. in addition to what they already do. And it helped them get to that point. So right. those kind of things right there. Those are what really excite me, you know, the ability to work with people, say something different, but also make a difference and a change in their life. Be impactful, if you will. (laughs) Well, Mike, uh, I want to thank you for uh, kicking off the series and going through our our five questions. Feels kind of like a game show format here as we're going through this. (laughs) I think this is going to be a really fun series as we go through this. And uh, I want to thank you again for being a part of this and, and helping to set the bar pretty high on this one to kick things off here. Uh, Danny, my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invite. And I hope I set the bar high. Can't wait to see what the others are going to say as we go forward. It was always great to catch up with you. If you'd like to reach out to Mike directly, you can do that uh, by email. Uh, Mike's email address is is really simple. It's michael.m. So that's michael.m as in Michael, right? Or, yeah. <laughs> Michael.m at safestart.com. So Michael.m at safestart.com. So once again, for Safe Talk with Safe Start, I'm Danny Smith. Thanks so much for listening and look forward to other consultant spotlights coming up in the very near future.